When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business experts, industry disruptors, game changers, and thought leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to build a successful business and become known as an influential voice in your industry? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. This is episode 246, brought to you by Podcasting With Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and become an influential voice in your industry with a podcast. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, my guest today says there is a growing pathway from podcasts to audiobooks and the other way around. And so joining me on today's show is Dave Stokes. Now, Dave is Melbourne-based audiobook producer and he's a proud father of two. He has played in and recorded with bands for over 30 years and he comes from a software development background. Dave has a passion for all things audio. So on today's show, Dave's going to share an understanding that international exposure is easy for Australian audiobook authors. He's going to talk about how a home or an office coached recording makes for a relaxed quality narration result, as well as a 30-day time to market and a one-day recording in your investment to extend your brand and so much more. Welcome to the show, Dave. Hi, thanks, Anne-Marie. Thanks so much for having me. You are so welcome. It's interesting how um, you came to be on uh, the show and recording the show. I mean, I've known you um, through our mutual um, relationship with uh, Jude, uh, with Jules, of course, and she is all about PR and she's been on a number of my podcasts, actually, so it's been really great. And she said, you know, Dave does uh, audiobooks. And then one of my guests on this show mentioned how when he recorded an audiobook in comparison to the ebook, the audiobook results skyrocketed to the point now he's authoring another book and he's releasing the audiobook first because of the fact that it had so much success and I thought you know what that's interesting I wonder if other people are experiencing that too and apparently they are from a consumer's point of view uh, rather listening to audiobooks than say reading written uh, books and ebooks and I thought need to get Dave on the show to, to give us the lowdown and all this there's some exciting things happening in this space yes Absolutely, Anne Marie. Thank you, and that's that's a um, and thank you for that wonderful wonderful in- introduction. The um, I think uh, to to take up your your point regarding uh, the nature of publishing in general. Mm. So in in my mind, I kind of think of it that authors are thinking around maybe it will have thought initially around the the first product, which is is your paperback, mm. and people still have a very very strong loyalty to to, um, to paperbacks. It's it's something you can curl up to. It's it's a 
it's a representation of time that you've earned to relax and all those sorts of things. So it's very much a reward and, you know, very strongly associated with, with relaxation and, you know, being in your own space and using your imagination. Mm-hmm. And I guess the, um, and then along came eBooks, which have made, made things a lot more portable. Um, and then the third element to the publication triangle is the audio book, which of course affords you a kind of a slightly different experience, which enables you to listen to listen to the material but also be doing other things while you're doing it so absolutely um, in my travel backwards and forwards to to melbourne in a recent contract uh, yeah contract on the train that uh, many of the people actually weren't listening to music at this stage they were either flicking through ebooks or they were listening to audiobooks so a bit of over the shoulder kind of um research (laughs) has shown that so it's it's an interesting thing and it gives you something quite different and it's becoming quite disruptive as you say as well in fact audible themselves um, are now encouraging their authors where they've bought the rights to where they've bought, where audible have bought the rights from a publisher mm. then they're starting to do exactly as you mentioned before they're starting to encourage authors to release the audiobook first mm-hmm. and um, and then the paperback and the ebook will come further down the track so that's quite it yes. sounds quite backwards it does sense, it does and one of the things that um this other guest uh, was saying that his audio book, it was quite surprising because the book that he had written was more of a workbook. So it was step one, step two, that kind of thing. And he thought originally, I wonder if this is really going to transpose well into an audio book or an experience that people are going to consume. And surprisingly enough, they absolutely did. And I think that's because sometimes... We're, we're really busy, aren't we? And so sitting down, taking the time to read through something and so forth, we tend to scan through things very quickly, don't we? And we bring our own perceptions sure. to the relationship. Yet with an audio book, if someone is actually giving us the steps, um, we're able to follow yeah. that as if they were next to us and, um, and, and, and sharing that. Speak a little bit, if you will, before we dive into um, some of the key points you want to talk about today, some of sure. the the clients that you've worked with to give us a bit of a spectrum have they been a lot of service-based business owners or have you had some surprising clients there have been some very surprising ones i guess um if i could talk there there are although in theory any any book can become an audio book there are some sets of subject matter which are kind of made for it um mm. uh one of one of my uh, clients who i'm in, in it is a work in progress at the moment. We're halfway through recording her book. Uh, she's she's a uh, an executive coach. So what what that kind of means is uh, and and an opera singer by background. Wow. So so what she's so again professional services based uh, based business where um, she will actually coach people how to be more present, how to use how to physically use your voice. So it's a little bit like a hybrid between having a singing lesson mm-hmm. but also having a confidence lesson and understanding how to how to project your voice how to hold yourself so a lot of it's about body language as well mm. now her book when you read through it has got um, a myriad of different diagra- diagrams and this sorry this will sound a bit tortured but there'll be diagrams that describe the diaphragm and how you use your diaphragm now that can be quite dry when you're looking at that on um, in text because mm. you're you're trying to convey a, a process about how you should be using your diaphragm while you're speaking yes whereas to actually convey that um on audio you can you can say this is the sound of this is the sound of your voice when your diaphragm is closed 
this is the sound when your diaphragm is open. Mm -hmm. So she's been an absolutely superb candidate for audio. Yeah. Because um, despite the fact that you don't have um, body language as such when you're doing audio, you can illustrate a lot through intonation. And as you mentioned yeah. before, the intimacy of your voice makes it yes. feel like it's a close friend telling you a story or letting oh, you know some secrets. So, I mean, when you're so reading... I mean, when you're reading a book, and this is an example that I give, there's a there's a, such a huge difference in the experience than if you're reading LOL, than if you actually hear someone laughing out loud. And I don't know about you, but if I'm listening to a podcast or an audio book and there is laughter, yeah. there's something that just... We can't help but but um, but join in, if you will. So you know, you might be sitting yes. there on the train, all of a sudden, bah, laughing out loud, you know. But that's what <laughs> happens because we we're moved, we're moved, aren't we? It's a deeper connection when someone's listening to an, an audio book. Something that I love too about podcasts and audio books, and I've just recently um, been um, recommended and a, a plugin that allows you to speed up the voice and so i listen uh, to a lot of things sometimes depending if they talk really slow on double speed um because otherwise i my attention can wane sometimes and i often will say to yeah. people i talk people will often think that i talk quickly but you just listen slow that's one one of my uh, sayings <laughs> of my mentor so uh, so important let's talk about the international exposure you say it's easy for australian audiobook authors tell us more about this sure. Certainly. Okay, Anne-Marie. One of the it was actually one of the um, a, apart from I think my uh, technical and and sound background, uh, the opp the opportunity that was seen uh, in mid last year was that lots of Australian authors uh, were under the impression and had actually done some research probably in the past four to five years. I mean, audio books have been around for a very long mm -hmm. time. We are we are kind of um, old, becoming new again to yeah. some extent. But the way in which the information is conveyed has rapidly changed. So, with the um, with the availability of or the, well, with the inter intellect of smartphones now, all of a sudden we're not using cassette tapes as, as would have been the case. We're not even going further back. We're not necessarily listening to a um, a radio show that we have to tune in at you know 5 p.m. every Saturday afternoon to listen to the goons, for example. Mm. So, um, as far as as far as authors were concerned. Um, as far as this new t technology was concerned, the first impression was that when Amazon uh, first created Audible, Audible kind of teamed up with iTunes. So they sort of come together as a little bit of a publishing package. Mm -hmm. So if you can get, if you have all the requirements for a, an audio book for, for Audible, then you also have, you'll also be ticked right through to iTunes as well. So you're basically published in the, in the two spaces at the same time. Now that the hook, the hook is and still exists at the moment, is that there is a there was devised a method of allowing particularly self-published authors to upload their audiobooks into into the Audible system, but the royalties were the problem, and that is that in order to receive royalties on your sales, you needed to possess a UK or a US bank account, and when I say did, I actually mean still do. So if you're going to go through the, they're called the Audiobook Creation Exchange, otherwise known as ACX. Mm -hmm. If you run through that through that pathway to uh, publish your audiobook, then you must have a friend or a relation, or you'll need to go to some sort of uh, legal extremes to establish an entity in either the UK or the US 
so that you can then have a UK or a US bank account, mm. and then you'll be paid for your uh, paid your audiobook royalties as they as they sell. So I think a lot of Australian authors over the last few mm. years have seen that yeah. and said, "Well, um, deal breaker. Yeah, it's just too hard. Mm. It's just too hard." Uh, the good news, however, is that in July of last year, uh, a publisher who are, who are based in the US saw this opportunity as well, I guess, and said, well, I think we'll just organise it so we pay your royalties direct to your PayPal account, which then makes it an international system. Yes. You know what? And I they're think, the ones uh, that we're using. Oh, amazing. And I think what's really great about that is that uh, when people see a need in the market, they, they dive into that, which is great. So it's good that now we have that option through you to be able to yeah. do that. Something I think that in what you've just said is that, yes, audiobooks, same with podcasting, it's been around for years and now people are thinking, hey, you know, um, that so the old has become new again are, and it's kind of like, no, nah, we've been doing this for some time now. What is exciting, and I want to just ask you about this, yes, there are audiobooks, I'm sure, that um, have been published and, and sort of being consumed, but it sounds like it's still relatively a newer market, which means if people yes. are adopting that within part of their visibility strategy, that they're still going to be on the forefront. I know that that is the same with podcasts. I think we're only about, what, mm. 20 or 30%, I think we're tapping into listenership. So there's a whole market sure. there. And you know, yes. is that the same with audiobooks too? I, th I think they're actually tracking along the same path, mm. Anne-Marie. I think mm. that's interesting. As you mentioned in your introduction, I'm sorry, I've just got some dogs running around in the background here. Quiet dog, sit down. Thank you. Sorry. Um, everyone wants to get in on the act. Perhaps we can, we can do them in a separate interview. Yeah, but, that's right. Um, They'll be next up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, I've lost my train of thought for a minute. About audiobooks. So if people start to publish their oh, own yes. audiobook, they're really going to be leaders in their space, maybe. Thank you. Look, I think that's that's really interesting. And that there's a yin and a yang associated with that, which I think you've probably noticed in 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 um, your enterprise as well, Anne-Marie, mm. is that it, I think it is still still relatively new. I mean, we we don't we aren't even collecting statistics in Australia at the moment about audiobook consumption. You can only get research through the UK or the US. Wow. So there is there is anecdotal evidence. I mean, the Small Publishers Association are tipping audio to be the next to be the next big publication medium. Yes. And I think um, to that extent, people who've been listening to podcasts have if they're wanting to take a deeper dive about the author's information that's being discussed in the podcast on a weekly basis, yeah. then that's kind of the pathway through to the audio book. But you'll also get people who, for whatever reason, if they're traveling, commuting, I mean, one of the, one of the really basic reasons is, um, is travel sickness. People just can't read on airplanes or in or in cars yeah. as a passenger, of course. Yes. Um, but with an audio book, of course, you could be driving the car yeah. and still consuming that information. And whether that's whether that's an interstate drive where you can, as you say, as you pointed out, with one and a half times the speed. Yes. I mean, you, you can, can get, get through. through your. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, your your four hour audio book becomes what two and a half hours. So yeah. Yeah. you can get through the information a lot more, a lot more quickly. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I, and I think. That then, from from the audiobook itself, can then lead to interest with interest with the author, yes. which then can translate into a greater podcasting audience. But I think you're absolutely correct. Is mm -hmm. everyone's a little bit there's a little bit of shyness when it comes from the authors about well, what's my what's my return going to be on on this one. So you're either in a you're either in a, a kind of a I'm a I'm an I'm an author and publisher and I make all of my revenue out of 
selling books yes. or am I a business which is looking to amplify yeah. um, and expose uh, your voice, your image, your product? Many of the um, yeah. authors I've done so far are public speakers run workshops mm. and and do podcasts yes so i, I so think that is, question the roi the, sort of the, uh, the roi i think um people you know maybe need to, to have their hand held to see just what capabilities this will afford them because spending time yes. listening to someone's voice you get to know who they are far more intimately than if you're reading an article. And let's face it, we are very busy. Um, so sitting in front of a 20 to 30 minute podcast, if you will, or if someone were to read their book on video, you just would not capture and maintain the attention of the audience. And I know and I've heard and you know, I've experienced it myself and I also hear it from um, people who've got podcasts and audio books that it quickens the, the cycle from get to know you, know, like, and trust, how do we work together? I think yes, that level of trust yes. is built far quicker because you're in their head. You know, you are in their head. I think that's, I think that's a really interesting point um, to Anne-Marie. And one of, the, um, one of the interesting things that always comes out during, during recordings, and it's been without exception with all of the authors so far, is um, that there'll be pauses. So there'll be a sentence which is attempted, mm. which may run across you know, four rows in, in the book. And the author's struggling to get to f find where the pauses are, um, how it was written, and inevitably there'll be this little pause in the recording where it's, where it's you know, hang on a sec, Dave, I just need a, a few moments just to read, read ahead with this one, because mm. I think I needed a comma there, or I think this is actually probably three sentences rather than one. Yes. And so that, that to me is, always been a, a great curiosity but so although in 90 oh, 99% of the time um, you're going to have written it with the reader's ear in, in mind mm. uh, but there is that slight difference when it comes to actually reading it out because it allows you something that you can't provide for within the text which are those pauses for effect mm -hmm. those changes in intonation um, the change in volume I mean you, mm. you'll, you'll find people uh, can change the pace of their voice. So as they're running up towards making a point, mm -hmm. they will speak faster and you'll be coming up to, and I'm just about to tell you something really, and this is the fantastic thing I've got to tell you. Yeah, yeah. Now you can't get that across without extensive sort of made up punctuation yes. in text, yeah. but you can get the point across that oh, way in absolutely. video. So so they're all coming up with new additions for their for their books as a result of the audio recording, which is interesting. Yeah, look, I love it, and um, I, I followed a mentor many years, uh, Michael Hyatt, and he always read. He was an avid reader because one of his um, quotes, if you will, were "Leaders are readers, and readers are leaders," because we're always learning yeah. and developing. But he never read a book in print. It was all audio books, and he would exercise. He would run. And um, he would listen yeah. to books that way. And uh, a colleague commented on that thread that uh, I mentioned we had, which led me to, to then reach out to you for this interview. It said, I read all my mm -hmm. books Thanks. via audio. So I thought, there you right. go, there's proof in the pudding. One question I do want to ask you, and, and this sure. is something that I'm finding interesting in the conversations. As we said, it's a great way to build no like, and trust. It's, it's a part of getting mm. your brand message out there. What would you say to someone then that says to you, well, Dave, you know what? I don't like the sound of my own voice. Can I hire someone to read for me? Now, you can, but I think there's something to be said in you reading the book 
as a way to build that connection with your audience. What are your thoughts on that, and what are you seeing? I think it's a, I think it's a great great question. Um, by far and away, the majority um, at the moment. There's only been one one author that I've done who um, who I narrated for actually, and that was a that was a strange set of circumstances because the gentleman whose whose uh, book I was recording it just became a question of time. So we, we were just finding it very, very difficult to actually nail down a time. And as you mm. mentioned, again, as you mentioned in the introduction, it is you, for most authors, if you've got you know anything up to a 40,000 word book, then it is a, um, an easy day's recording. Mm. Really, it's just one, it's one day out. Wow. And then the remaining, you know, the, the th three and a half weeks later, you'll have your audio book finished. Yes. But sometimes people just find that very difficult. I mean, we are talking to business people and they yeah. are looking at the opportunity cost of their time. So yeah. in some cases, it's just not going to be possible. So despite the preference of the order to, of the author to have their own voice uh, as the narrator for the book, there may be occasionally circumstances where I just can't get to it, yes. Dave. And, and so I thought to myself, what do I do? I, it was the first time I faced the situation. And so I just made the suggestion. I said, look, mm. Hunter, would you mind if I if I had narrated the book for you, mm. uh, fully expecting a kind of a, yeah, nice one, Dave, I can see where you're going here. Yeah. Uh, however, the response was, I'd be, I'd be honoured if you'd narrate the book. And I was really quite surprised because you don't, not many of us think of our own voice in the same way that other people perceive it. Yes. I think it's often difficult with, um, as you know, in this game, it does take a little while at the outset to get used to hearing mm. your own voice. It just sounds foreign because well, there aren't that many circumstances where you listen to your own voice. You're listening yeah. to other people's voices. Yeah, so true. And so in that case, we, I did the uh, narration for, for Hunter, but he's been the only exception. So the mm. other um, nine audiobooks that I've done so far have all been in the author's voice. Yeah. And to take your, to take your point there, um, I think absolutely by far and away it's the, it's the preference. If you're a public speaker, you run workshops, people are used to hearing your voice, and if your subject matter, for instance, one of my author's, is all about business storytelling. So mm -hmm. they coach people in business how to convey um, company strategy and um, and culture through storytelling. Now that's the sort of stuff that happens at the water cooler. Yes, yes. And that's so you know so it's true. absolutely returning back to very very you know primitive instincts that we have about how to communicate with each other, which is basically to tell each other. And, and language goes way further back than. Than, uh, than writing and reading. Yeah, so, so on the true. other side, on the other side of it, sorry, just to mm. the the um, point that, uh, point of contrast that I was going to make is that I currently have a fiction author, so I haven't actually recorded a novel to date, but I'm speaking to a novelist at this stage who's mm. more more the documentary more the documentary side of things, but there are characters yes. within his novel, and when I approached him about the idea of narrating, he said. Uh, look, I just don't think there's any way. I mean, I've got I've got characters, I've got politicians. There are various people. There are children in this in the story, and I think it would sound better if they were voiced. So to that extent, there are um, I have a, a a male and a female narrator that I work closely with at the moment, yeah. who are very very capable either independently or together recording yes. those books. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you have an audio book which has um, quite possibly still the author. Um, carrying the narration, yes, and then at those points in the book where there's dialogue or a story's being told, then we can have say Michelle and Richard mm. as male and female characters, and we record that dialogue as part of the book, which gives it, you know, it's almost heading into into um, pantomime or mm. you know perhaps even a movie score or something like that. So 
I'm very much looking forward to devising yeah, this one. I think this will be great to have a number of voices within the book. Oh, I, I think so. You know, and as you're sharing that, I, I recall um, the podcast. I never listened to it, but it absolutely even elevated the, the word podcast, if you will, and listenership across the globe. Mm -hmm. That uh, serial, it was called Serial, and I think they had different voices. Uh, have you heard of that podcast? Was it I'm from not the sure, US. No, tell me about it. Yeah. Um, so what it was, from what I understand, there was um, a, a crime that happened. And so what they did, that many years ago, obviously, so they were able to talk about it, but they had, from the point of view of the prosecutor or so forth, talking about it, and they brought in the different characters and, um, you know, who was involved and this happened and, and wow. all of that. So we really built a story. And I think why it was called Serial was every single week, a next episode went out to share more of the story. And so what you yeah. had were people um, couldn't wait for the next episode to be released and they uh -huh. were talking about it. But I think what you're saying is that you have different voices, different aspects of that. And as we know, storytelling as, from, as children, we love that. And when our parents That's would change the tone of their voice... You just have to remember which tone you use if you're going to do the different voices in an audio book. But it adds to that That's whole true. experience, I think. And as consumers, when you create an experience, when you are participating in an experience that taps into all of the emotions, um, good emotions, obviously, and scary, and you can take people on that journey, that allows that deeper that deeper relationship. Love, love, love that. Now, let's talk about a home or an office. Ooh. Coached recording makes for a relaxed quality narration result. This is important because if we're talking about okay. we we struggle with the sound of our own voice, we need to sound good when we're when we're recording our audios, yes? Yes, yes, it's 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 been an interesting one, Anne Marie. So uh, without without exception, all the recordings so far have either been uh, by far and away the majorities have been been done at the author's home, generally speaking in their office, but um, in a uh, dining room is is okay now. Mm. So we're talking about um. So I, I guess essentially we're talking about the difference between perhaps going to a recording studio yes. versus what you might be able to to do within your own your own home. And the key, I mean, j just to quickly list off the differences it, or the or the similarities rather, I should say, mm. is that in your own home, if you have a a carpeted floor, um, a, a dining table to sit at comfortably whilst you do the re do the recording. Mm. Uh, generally speaking, some soft furnishings around. So often people's homes are arranged in a sort of a lounge dining area. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll have bookshelves like the one I have behind have behind me, uh, and and generally speaking, some kind of uh, material drapes. Yes, and that is basically what you call um, a whole bunch of base traps, they call that in the mm. trade. Mm -hmm. And that's the majority of what they will use within a recording studio to, to, to soundproof yes. and, to, and to soften the sound of what's being, being recorded. Yeah. So it takes any what they call ring out of, out of the room. Mm. So any kind of, rather than the sound bouncing around on the walls, it'll actually be captured into all those soft furnishings being the, the carpeting yeah. and, the, and the drapes and, and the books. I mean, these things will absorb, yeah. absorb sound as well. Yeah. So you get that lovely warm tone, as you mentioned before. I think the intimacy is very important. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're in a, what we call a dry room, which has got wooden floorboards, um, you know, all the windows, all the windows are open. And you've got high ceilings. Then you will tend to get you. It'll carry the sound of that room, and it will mm -hmm. sound like you're in a you're in a hall. And you tend to have a kind of a pipey mm -hmm. sort of. It has a pipey kind of ring ring to the room. Yeah. So from that point of view, people actually do have you know a pretty good recording 
environment yeah, that's right it's, within it's the incredible home and, and they're what probably we the baselines yeah it's incredible what we can do with the technology and as long as there's no you know those the, the reverbing sound and, and background noise and and so forth then uh, certainly and you know if you need to you can just throw a blanket over the two of you also and, and you know what i've heard people <laughs> seriously Uh-oh. i have heard one of Uh-oh. my mentors from, from quite some time ago was recording a, a webinar yeah. and she recorded it from her, on the floor of her wardrobe around with the clothes hanger and i've never done that um, oh, but there's certainly ways of doing that. We don't. Oh, need we could to. we we could swap we could swap a story there. I've I've got a quick one too. Would yeah, you like to hear? Yeah, it? absolutely. One of my one of my one of my authors, God 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 love him, um, was was very very determined to use uh, to use his own recording equipment. Wow. He'd made a fairly significant investment in a in a very good podcasting mic. So yeah. he's saying, well, Dave, like I've you know I've spent four hundred dollars on this one. Mm. I've got myself across audacity. You know I can. I just need a couple of little clues with the recording process, but I absolutely want to record this myself. And uh, and I'm based in Melbourne. He was mm. he was based in Sydney. So there's an advantage there. You know, we might come back to that topic later. But yeah. um, so it actually it did suit me, and it was going to keep the cost of the project project down. And he was determined to do it anyway. Yeah. And so and so that was the way it was going to be. And I, I certainly don't mind mind that. You know, there are three different phases with the recording of the audio book. I'm not precious about any one of them, mm-hmm. but when it comes to people recording themselves, it's good to talk to me first, just to make sure that we go through some of those environmental. And this was so underpinned by this by this poor author who started in his apartment, third floor apartment in King's Cross in Sydney. There was set traffic noise bleeding into the room, so the lounge room was out. Then he went into his office and the noise was still bleeding through and that was out. Next stop was the basement car park underneath the apartment in the car. And this was um, mid-February, by the way. So just to give you an idea on the on the temp- on the the temperature. And even though you, when you're underground in a car park, it's sort of a little bit cooler than the outside temperature. But this is in a car with all the windows wound up, with his podcast microphone jammed into his sunroof, hanging down in front of his head, with all the doors of the car closed, all the windows up. And he, and he rang me and said... Um, and said, look, it's going okay, but I can only manage about two hours at a time before I start, you know, semi-asphyxiating. And of all the things that would happen, they'd begun construction works oh, with yeah. jackhammers in the next door block later on, <laughs> later on, I think a day after he'd started recording. Anyway, he, he packed his bags, hired himself a, um, a cottage in the Blue Mountains for three days, mm-hmm. went up there to the absolute peace, but found that, he had to pick his time of day to record because in the morning and in the evening, the galahs just <laughs> screeched their heads off. But despite all of that, but despite all of that, he got through an eighty thousand uh, an eighty thousand word recording in what sh- what probably should have taken three recordings. I mean, it it pretty much took two weeks to to get it all done. So there the are things pit- there, are, there are pit- It's very important to get the environment and the equipment right if you're going to record yourself. Yeah. But it's absolutely doable. So, yeah. so that's my that's sorry that's my. Oh look, sort of I love those I stories. Still, I won't mention any names. No, you know what? And I think you know that as business owners, entrepreneurs, this the, the extent that we will go to to get our message out there. I mean, I think that's the most fun, and it's kind of like you look back onto that, and he got to use his four hundred dollar microphone, which is all that matters, which is great. Let's which talk. Cost, which yeah. cost him about three grand. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the irony. But anyway, I mean, look, look, yeah, it's it's just one of those, as you say, one of those great stories from the annals where you go through it together, you're patient with each other, and and you just, as you say, you just 
do that. You know, the, it's, it's eyes on the prize with these with these sorts of things. And the beauty with your with your audio too is you only have to get it right once, yeah. and then like a book, it's out there in perpetuity. I mean, it's oh, your absolutely your immortality if you like. Yeah. Absolutely. Once you've got it done, then it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's talk, uh, if uh, you will, uh, we're nearly to the end of the show, but 30-day time sure. frame to market. Mm -hmm. You've said already one day recording. I think that's around uh, 40,000 words. But what are some of the things that uh, audio book producers, authors need to consider when they're looking at marketing? An interesting question, Amory. I think uh, coming back to the point that, um, that just, again, back to the old is new, uh, point of view that uh, when we're talking, we, we mentioned we mentioned characters and and basically we're talking about a radio play, aren't we? Lots of different characters with different voices, really, you know, bringing the story, bringing the story to life. I mean, that's that's been happening since the you know since the late eighteen hundreds, really. Mm. So that's a, that's a very old old form of of listenership. Um, I think the challenge at the at the moment is to is how to bring about some sort of following as far as social media is concerned. Mm -hmm. So my 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 introductory offer with with my books that I offer to all of my authors is that um, if you send me the best recording that you can of the introduction to your book, then what we can do with that is we can attach a graphic uh, copy of the sorry a graphic of the book cover. And then literally that's the simplest form of promotion we can probably obtain. That can be then recorded on, on video. You can even divide it up into different segments if you want to kind of uh, do that kind of breadcrumbing suggestion you made before um, to try and try and get people to go, oh, I like the sound of that half of the introduction. I wonder where the story goes, where the story goes now. So the the what I'm hoping to do with that is partly selfish, and that is that I get to hear the kind of quality recording that the author can produce. Mm -hmm. um, also also the nature of their voice as well. There are very few cases when um, a coach public speaker won't be the appropriate candidate for narrating their books. But if they're self-conscious about it or they feel badly towards it, then then certainly it's not a not a deal breaker. And then from the author's point of view, once they receive the recording back, they get to see the nature of what changes after you produce audio. Mm. Take reducing the breaths, taking out the pips and pops and the repeats of the sentences, those sorts of things. So you end up getting back a clean recording. And so so there's a, a complementary bit of social media that you have to start broadcasting. So at this stage, still experimenting with the with the publicity, but that seems to me to be something which people are attracted to. It'll normally take most authors, it'll be a 10 to 15 minute um, recording for mm. For their introduction and if you want to go a little bit further than that then the interviews uh, such as the one we're doing now take off beautifully the author can talk about how it yes. was to write the book the nature of what people are listening into and people love to listen to that fly on the wall yeah. sort of thing so i think they're the major mm -hmm. kind of directions that promotions yeah taking at the moment. it'll be interesting to see i i uh, recently had an interview with um two other people that have been involved in podcasting for for quite some time and mm -hmm. um, one of them was Warwick Mary. You probably heard of Warwick Mary. He's quite well known as an MC and within the Australian um, public speakers arena. And one of the uh -huh, things that yes. he was saying that you know back in the day, businesses would often say, oh, "Do you have a website now?" Every business needs to mm. have a website because it's um, just a, a given. He said, "I think we're going to get to that stage where every business, do you have a podcast?" I mean, I'm often. Uh, I hear conversations, oh, do you have a podcast? Do you have a podcast? And now authors, do you have audio books? 
And it'll be yeah. interesting to see whether the results that they're getting, if they have an audio book and a podcast to be able to have deeper conversations and, and, and connect with others who are speaking and influencing the voice in that industry, as well as obviously what they do. They're experts in their field, they're service providers. So the, the, the goal really is to build their influence so that they get more clients. That a combination of those three things, if you will, is going to accelerate. And I have a feeling from what I'm observing and what I'm seeing, uh, hearing, mm -hmm. I should say, that that is the case. I mean, I've heard of um, some publishers with the with the books, the printed books, that coupled yes. with a podcast has just take, elevated that whole their whole reach and influence because of that. And I think this is a, a great mix. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Absolutely agree. I think I think it's 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 ac ease ease of it, it's accessibility to the yes. to the information. Yeah. You can basically as soon as you've got ten or fifteen minutes to spare, and you and you if you and again it's that idea of divided attention. If you're dri if you're driving in the car, mm. you just you know you just can't read the book, but you no. can certainly listen to the to the introduction or get through a couple of chapters just yes. in that time when you. No. Yeah. And it's an enjoyable way. And a bit of research I heard too, Anne-Marie, studies have shown that people actually concentrate better when they're driving, when they're listening to an audio book, yeah. which is almost counterintuitive because yeah. you think, hang on, it sounds like a distraction. Mm -hmm. But apparently it actually helps, it helps focus attention. So, yeah, so you you're, you're doing two things at once without dividing your attention, which you would have to do visually otherwise so eyes and ears you know built to work together yeah absolutely it's interesting that you should say that i was uh, presenting the other day and there was about podcasting obviously your favorite topic there was a millennial there young woman and she was saying that the that millennials will often either listen to podcasts or audio books same thing um whilst they're doing an activity because it helps them focus and i'm the same if i have music playing in the background maybe not necessarily with uh voices so for me because then you get you get tied up in the story but just that, in, yeah, yeah it, it allows you to concentrate because that, you know, your subconscious mind can often have a lot of different thoughts coming in and when it's focused on something, Absolutely. a topic, that keeps you far more uh, focused in that. Goodness, uh, what a there fantastic conversation we have had. Aren't we marvellous? Oh, we are. I, I think so. I think so. Dave, how can people find out more about uh, the services that you offer? What's the best way for them to connect with you? Well, look, I, I think a, a, a phone call is always lovely, but if you'd rather if you'd rather find me, um, I'm on I'm on Facebook. Um, the name of the business is Author Two Audio, so that's number two. Um, you can find me you can find me on on Facebook um, and on LinkedIn. Acquiring quite a quite a tribe at yeah. this stage as well. There's a lot of interest being shown, which is lovely. Mm. And um, or, or author to audio at the at the website. Yeah, so fabulous. They're the, they're the main ones to do. And yeah, and for for, for all authors, you, you don't have to buy. You can try. You can try before you buy. Mm. Happy to do that complimentary introduction to the book. Then you can actually do a little bit of your own market testing as well. Try yeah. try promoting it first. Don't don't jump straight in. Yeah. Just record the introduction first and see what sort of interest you gain. Yeah. And that will inform the next part of your decision as to whether you want to go the whole yeah. go the whole audiobook process. But again, you know, today's recording, you're you're up internationally mm -hmm. exposed across Audible, iTunes and about another twenty uh, international outlets, mm -hmm. uh, Barnes and Barnes and Noble, audiobooks.com. So it's all the all the business all the publishing businesses are moving into this yeah. electronic audio space. So um, so we'll stay tuned. Yeah, we certainly will. And what we'll do, Dave, is we'll put all of your connections, the links and so forth on our show notes, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com 
forward slash AES246. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I have learned a lot. It's exciting what's happening in the space of audio and the fact that audio and podcasting uh, complements. And you hear some of the real key influences from the US. Um, Gary Vay, Vaynerchuk, you might, you, yes. I'm sure have heard of him. Um, yep. And many others are saying that audio is uh, really starting to make a dent, uh, which is exciting Absolutely. for you, is exciting for me. Um, and uh, exciting for everybody who really is uh, starting to bring their voice out because with Absolutely. our messages, we can impact uh, the world. And so uh, thanks for coming on the show. An absolute pleasure. Thanks for all your insights too, Anne-Marie. You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your own podcast? Access our free podcast training, including our no-cost and low-cost tools and podcast production workflow checklist to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>